health experts all over the city. You talk to people who are very involved in, in homelessness. You talk to people who are um, who who are involved in in trying to help people overcome an arrest or whatever it is. And so many times those conversations come back to mental health issues. And and I think that I mean it's just having conversations. I've had conversations with people all over the city about this. And it almost doesn't matter what what the you know who you're talking to when it comes to those things. Mental health is that thread that sort of goes through the whole thing. And I think that we've got to do a better job of having mental health services that are expanded in this city that will take some of the pressure off and really, frankly, make our citizens safer and make our police officers safer. So when you bring up... uh obviously improving the, the mental health care of, of the local uh, environment. We know there's a lot of stigma about, um, you know, going to therapy and people even um, addressing that they may be suffering from mental illness. What strategies would you implement to remove that stigma? Well, that I think part of that just comes with making it, um, making it a common thing. Um, it's a lot of that comes with education. You know, I was really surprised when I released the health plan that I had a, a couple of folks say, we don't have a communication problem in this city. Yeah, we really do. Um, we really do. If people, if you, if you peel back the layers of what what we do poorly, <laughs> um, communication and education are two of those things that I think would go a long way in terms of removing that stigma. I think if if this was not something that was spoken of and hushed terms and was was something that was mostly available when once people got arrested uh, I think you would have a different I think you would have a different um, outlook on all that so so much of it comes with approach and with education so when we uh, on the subject of um, the infrastructure one of the things that's become a source of debate recently is the current recycling fiasco obviously the city uh, put that on a sort of a sabbatical and they have pickup locations around town where you can go and drop off recyclables. How do you plan to approach that going uh, into your the plans we were discussing? How do you plan to revitalize the recycling in the local area and improve upon it? Well, I think we, we got into this situation to begin with because it was not a priority. Um, and that has been the case with so many needs in our city. If it's not the shiny thing, you know, one of the things, you know, my cousin was Tommy Hazuri, who was the former mayor and, and council person and, you know, that basically was, was in city government for so many years. And, and one of the things we always talked about is he didn't tackle the, the shiny things so much. He dealt with the smells and the, you know, and the tolls and the things that were holding the city back. And I think what holds us back um, are those fundamentals that we just do not deal with. We don't make them a priority. So I think, I think making it a priority is, is a good place to start. Then you gotta look at possible solutions, which are, which are myriad, you know. Um, you, have to look at, you have to look at what we're, what we're budgeting for, for recycling and how we collect the fees for that. You have to look at, 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 at our landfill space and whether that's something that we have to talk about. I mean, there, there are just, there are so many things, but at the end of the day, it's a basic city service that people pay for, and they should expect that service to be completed. That's, that's city government 101, right? It's, it's, it's a public service. And so you can't make that um, back of the burner while you're talking about all these fancy things you're gonna build because that's just not how it should work. You gotta take care of your fundamentals 
Not to say you can't do both, you can, but it just takes planning. Yeah, I 100% agree. And um, another another interesting thing too, especially with the, the local elections coming up, obviously this is the big vital time for Jacksonville. We're in a great change period. And we see an abundance of new people that are just throwing themselves in the Northeast Florida, especially Jacksonville, over the past year and a half. I can't believe it's been almost two or three years since you know COVID began. How do you view that influencing the way um, that the psycho the psychology of this election be going? As in, like you know, beliefs of the new people moving here, their perception or lim- I would say limited perception of Jacksonville so far. How do you see that taking a precedent? in this uh, upcoming election season. Yeah, you know, I don't know. We have a lot of young people here, and I know they want to hear how we're going to offer them something. But I think, as far as people moving here, I think everybody, that's what's so interesting to me. Everybody says, how are you going to talk to this group? And how are you going to talk to this group? And what do you have to offer to this group? And at the end of the day, no matter what community you're talking to, um, no matter, you know, what color they are, what, what ethnicity they are, what religion they are, everybody wants the same stuff. They want to be safe. They want a job that that, that 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 takes care of their family. They want they want to feel like there are there are, are interesting things to do in their community. They all, everybody wants the same stuff, and I think that what what my hope is to talk to people is, look, we we have we are we are right on the cusp of everything that we could want, but we have to handle this the right way. We cannot continue to push under those things that will give us a firm foundation to build on. And we have literally ignored for the last 60 years those foundational issues, those foundational promises that we made to people when consolidation happened to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to thrive in this city, not just a handful of people, but everybody. And I think that resonates, I think that resonates largely with people that that are coming here, you know, from other places and people who have been here for a hundred years. I mean, I think, I think that everybody understands that concept. I think that our economy thrives, which is something that everybody's interested in, right? Our economy thrives when we open it up to more people. That whole notion that we all do better when we all do better, it's true. Um, When you bring more people into the economy, Jacksonville's economy improves. Um, And we have left way, way, way too many people behind, especially in the small and minority business community. for a very very long time and so I think a lot of people that move here that they they would they they want a good quality of life that's the bottom line Um, one of the reasons I tackled health first was because in almost every survey that comes out in fact one that was recently done about six months ago people said health was the number one driver of their quality of life so we want to make sure that we're taking advantage of all those great things we have here those great health care services and all those things I just think a, a holistic vision of how we can take full advantage of every every aspect of this city that we already have um there's no reason like i said that we can't be a top tier city and i think that's what attracts people here but people don't want to be in a city that where they have to worry about crime they don't want to be in a city where they have to worry about whether they're gonna um, have economic success they don't want to be in a city where where um they, they feel like there's there's no um, arts and entertainment people are drawn by um, I think the things that we have very largely neglected in this city. And so I think we, we, we have some work to do, but I think we have every opportunity to do it if we just get people all rolling in the same direction. 
Yeah, and when you bring up entertainment, especially, you know, on my end, you know, because that's, that's really my wheelhouse right now, the, the infrastructure definitely works against that. Because one of the things that fascinated me recently was the uh, proposition to build a new convention center on the river, um, which was shot down. And it seems that the city's addicted to these uh, studies and analytics of the downtown area, and they keep diverting back to the point where we need to build uh, apartment complexes or condos or what have you and get as many people living downtown as possible before they expand on that, uh, which to me is a, a fascinating strategy because, at least to my perception, the tourists would be the ones paying for that, not the ones residing downtown. So that'd be the that'd be the attraction, kind of keeping people here. Um, and, and as you mentioned with Tampa, especially, you know, they've just kind of I think Jacksonville's like very closely behind them right now, um, or at least Jacksonville. Last time I checked, was like number two or number three, somewhere in that range behind Tampa in terms of just growing right now for Florida. Um, growth, growth for sure. Yeah. In terms of how we deal with that growth, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're, I think we are. We have a lot to improve on. Yes, <laughs> a lot. Um, but as you mentioned, with uh, the minority business and the minority communities, love that you bring that up because it seems, just from the way that demographics are looking, really the minorities are going to be the majority very soon. At least in a lot of areas. Well, they are. They are. Yes. They are technically the majority now. Yes, they are. Uh, you know, it, people are always surprised to hear on the mm. Democratic side of the aisle that we actually have, um, we actually have a, a an advantage voter registration wise. We're plus five. Um, you know, there's about um, there's a. I'll, it really probably comes down to a handful. They say forty thousand additional Democrats to Republicans. You know, in this city, um, <clears throat> but we're basically a we're basically split right down the middle uh, with a lot of NPAs um, and so what I love about that is I think you got to talk to everybody you know you can't just talk to your folks you're gonna have to talk to everybody and I think that's good you know I, I, I don't I'm, I'm really disheartened by the amount of vitriolic you know all of it it's just the, the, the things that we do in our political campaigns now is so disheartening to me because it's all about how ugly can you be you know and I just think people it's it's what turns people off from politics it's what makes them go oh they're all just the same you know I think I think it's it's time for somebody um, who loves this city and it's not about anything besides that wanting the city to be better, wanting us all to be unified. But unity means everybody has an opportunity. Unity is not acquiescing to the power brokers, right? Unity is not saying those same, those same handful of people are going to get everything and we just got to be okay with it. Unity is let's make sure everybody's got a seat at the table so that everybody has a chance to have a great quality of life. I don't think that's too much to ask, and I think that's something we can do in this city, but it's, I think it's very, very hard when you can't, um, when you can't be in a situation where you can just trust people to just talk truthfully about the candidates and, and on, on, on the other side, I, I just, I hope we can get back to more of a of a discussion of issues as opposed to uh, uh, as opposed to the culture wars that we seem to be absolutely locked into in so much of our politics right now. 
When you mentioned the uh, NPAs, what do you think was the cause of that with the rise going on? Oh, I think a lot of young people just don't want to be associated with the party. I think they don't like the idea of being associated with the party. I think that there are some people that, that decided a long time ago that they, um, they did not want to be pigeonholed into one place or the other. The drag, the drag for those folks is, and I was an NPA for, I was an NPA for 20, 25 years. I didn't become a Democrat until after Donald Trump was elected. And I decided I probably should start paying attention to the primary elections more in terms of my vote. Um, and, uh, but I, but I, so I get the NPA mentality because I do think solutions can come from all over the place. I think that probably comes from my, my sensibilities as a journalist. I, I like to just listen to everybody and then see where the solutions come from. I, I wish we had nonpartisan elections in this city. Um, but I think that's what really drives most of the move to NPA. I think people don't always want to be connected to a political party. And I get that. I really do. I get it. Um, but, uh, it's hard to know, it's hard to know exactly where those folks are going to go. Um, but I do know that what we... I'm sorry. Now you're good. What we've seen from what we've seen from some of the some of the data is they seem to care deeply about things like climate. Um, uh, but ideologically, they're not quite as um, what's the word I'm looking for. They're not married to to having to vote one way or the other. Well, they're not committed to that ideology, I suppose. Right. Um, so one interesting point that you made previously was about that uh, mentality when it comes to local politics, where it's like this: the certain few gets to have the majority, and we just accept that. What what do you find was the cause of that culture? Well, I think I think unfortunately, I think what we've seen in the last decade is a move very much toward um, authoritarianism, a move very much toward a lack of transparency, um, toward uh, power at the you know, at, at the pinnacle of everything, that it that that's that's all that matters. Um, it doesn't mean that there hasn't been some good stuff that's happened, but at the end of the day, the focus has not been on the people; it's been on the power. We've seen that nationally, we've seen it statewide, we've seen it in our local government. A, a, a horrible lack of transparency, um, and frankly, corruption. So I, I I think that that's been the major thing. Uh, and, I, and I frankly don't think that it helps to have one party that has a supermajority of, of the legislative offices in this city, everything from council to, to all the, um, um, the, the, the offices of, of things like supervisor of elections and, um, and um, all of it. You know, I think, um, I think it's, it's, if you look top to bottom in our government right now, um, the constitutional offices, I think that's what I was trying to come up with. Um, uh, I think that we have seen a supermajority of one party. And I don't think that, I mean, look what just happened in Tallahassee. There was absolutely no desire 
there. Sure. And with um, you brought up the affordable housing, do you believe a uh, perhaps a, a rent ceiling would be beneficial to that arena, or how do you plan to combat that? Yeah, entirely? I don't know that that's something that's going to happen here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but I but I do think that that everybody needs to be part of that solution. I mean, there are things that are happening in other places that we need to look at, and if in fact um, um, that that's that's one of the the policy areas that. I've been bringing people together to talk about possible solutions and one of the things I, I think I touched on earlier um, was you know asking our our friends in the development community to be part of the solution there and I think I think what we want to do is we don't want to create um, necessarily whole areas of affordable housing we want to create mixed use um, uh, or mixed mixed um, um, areas in those developments that would be portions of which would be affordable housing as opposed to having whole blocks of affordable housing does that make sense mm -hmm. um that way that, that way there's a there's no there's no stigma there's no uh, you know none of that um and, and and nobody really knows who the folks are that are that are that are you know taking advantage of, of affordable housing opportunities necessarily um but i i just think there has to be a community-wide effort and one that involves the developers um, to help us tackle that problem, but I think there are all sorts of ways to do it um, and, and I go back to some of the fundamentals that we need to deal with Of course, and Where do you see the city? You know assuming you know like your whole vision comes to light Where do you see Jacksonville toward the end of, of your term as mayor? Oh gosh, I think we have a thriving downtown um, with some thriving neighborhoods that that all can uh, play and enjoy our riverfront that have wonderful entertainment to to uh, to take advantage of. Uh, we have neighborhoods that no longer feel neglected. We have small businesses that are that are thriving, um, and we have an open and transparent government that um, that invites people in. I, I think that we, like I said, I feel like we are on the cusp of so many good things here. But we have the next steps we take are going to be critical. Um, to whether we bring enough of the community in, to whether we keep our promises of the past enough to where um, those infrastructure needs get met. You know, the, 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 the situation with the, with the septic tanks isn't just the right thing to do. <laughs> it is, I mean, it's, it's causing a problem for our river. Um, it's causing health problems. I mean, we have to deal with that. We, we cannot kick this can down the road for another 50 years. Can't do it. Um, so I see Jacksonville as if, if, if I was able to implement my vision, and a lot of that will have to do with whether I'm able to, to um, well, obviously win, but then we can get some of the folks on the city council who are willing to, to go along with that vision. Um, but I think, I think we end up with a, with a thriving, innovative, uh, transparent city on the rise. That's the way I see Jacksonville. And do you have any closing comments, um, especially as it pertains to younger voters this time around? Yeah, I, you know, I, I've met with a lot of younger voters. Um, it was one of the first groups I met with when I when I um, have put young voters together because I think so much of the folks who are dialed in right now are younger voters, and they really want this city to work. There's a lot they like about Jacksonville. Uh, but they don't feel like there's enough innovation. They don't feel like there's enough education. Uh, they don't feel like there's enough future here for them. And so what I have said is, you know, I want to continue to have those conversations, but I want to make sure that we are we are creating those offerings for them, both educationally and and 
and in terms of, of jobs and technology and all those things that, that really are the, the next steps um, for Jacksonville that will want, make them want to say, this is where I want to stay and raise my kids and, and, and their kids. Um, and I think a lot of that just comes with, with paying attention to, to um, their thoughts. You know, I, I think their young people have a lot of great ideas, um, but they don't want to be stuck in the past. Of course. And I greatly appreciate your time here tonight. I appreciate you coming out and uh, you know, sharing your, your knowledge and feelings on the city with, I'm with sorry, us all. That, that music, <laughs> yeah. that music just sort of took me there for that last question. Yeah, like, you know. What, what is that, Disney? I'm not sure. <laughs> whatever, whatever Shelton has on Shelton's jukebox will range from like death metal to like Disney tunes oh, at some gosh. point. It's, it's, I, hope, I hope anything I have said made sense. I'm, 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 I, find, I find one ear in, twir- in trivia and the other one on you. So hopefully, hopefully I've given you some good answers. Oh no, for sure. I definitely appreciate that. Uh, th- this